Welcome to The Faith Retriever, fetching the good news for your family, a show that deepens our relationship with Jesus Christ by connecting listeners with the local church. Now, here's Deacon Eric Page. Hello and welcome to The Faith Retriever. This is Deacon Eric Page, and today we are going to explore what's in our media diet with Helen McClenahan and Patty Lewis. Just about all of us are aware of the way that food that we eat and how it can affect our health, mood, and ability to interact with the world around us. We're now becoming increasingly aware of how the media that we watch, read, and listen to, the way that that can affect how we think, feel, and treat those around us. Today, we will talk about some of the things we can do to improve our media diet. I'm very happy to be here with Helen McClenahan, Chief Communications Officer, and Patty Lewis, Director of Digital and Content here at the Archdiocese of Seattle. Helen has a background in strategic communications and corporate communications, and Patty came to us with extensive experience in marketing and communications. More importantly, both are faithful parents wrestling with this question of how do we do a better job of making decisions about the media we consume and help our children to make good decisions about what they consume. Helen, welcome. Thank you. Happy to be here, Deacon Eric. Can you share a little bit with us about what you do for the Archdiocese of Seattle and then maybe a little bit also about your home family and parish? Sure. So I am the Chief Communications Officer and I've been with the Archdiocese for a little over three years. I work with a phenomenal team of people who do a couple of different things. So we do run Northwest Catholic Magazine and the website, social media channels. We do the same for the Archdiocese. We also do a bunch of creative work to promote things that are happening, events, initiatives, toolkits for parishes, so all kinds of communications thing. Um, personally, I am a member of St. John the Evangelist Parish up in Greenwood area. I have four kiddos, so my oldest actually just graduated and it's gonna be at Bishop Blanchette next year and the other three will continue on. So we have a very busy life with uh, school, sports, so all good stuff. Excellent, I love it. So Patty, it's wonderful to have you with us. Can you share a little bit with us about your background and what you do here for the Archdiocese and your family? Sure. Uh, it's great to be here, Deacon Eric. Um, I, I work with Helen on her team, and I develop content strategy for the Archdiocese digital channels, and that includes the website and social media. I also work closely with ministries to develop, to develop content primarily for parishes in that internal channel. <laughs> Excellent. Uh, I am married. I have four children. Two are launched and are young adults. I have two at home, a teenager and a 10-year-old, and my parish is Holy Rosary in Edmonds. Excellent. Well, uh, Helen, as a communications professional, I know you think a lot about the message that we communicate as an archdiocese and the channels that we use and how our media relations play out. Does that influence kind of how you work with your family? Do you have a carefully crafted communications message for your children each week? Absolutely. <laughs> I have a, a media, media plan for our family. No, no, not at all. I mean, I think on one hand, yes, I am aware of what we're consuming and I pay attention to it, but I, I don't live by that. You know, it's one of those things where I don't always enforce it, you know? It's like yeah. I have these ideas of what we should be doing and I want to make sure my kids are watching things that are wholesome and have good values, but we're also living in the reality of, of pop culture and what's happening and so having, you know, a healthy balance of understanding um, 
when we're watching something, behaviors that we don't actually agree with as a family yeah. and talking about those. Yeah. So those are the kinds of things that I, I think about. So you know, I'd like to say, oh, we only eat broccoli every day, but it's not <laughs> true. We, we, we live in reality. Right. No, that's very true. And Patty, how about you in your, in your home? Yeah. Well, you ask about the work I do and how it influences about the decisions I make about media for myself and my family. Definitely. I mean, before I came to the Chancery, um, I think I was more limited on what kind of faith uh, media opportunities there were for my family. I did listen to Sacred Heart Radio sometimes, and I did was aware of Formed, but those were probably the only channels I knew about. But coming to the Chancery has just opened up this whole world of uh, media that uh, I've embraced for our family and for my own consumption. And um, so I'm looking forward to talking about that a little bit more. You know, it, that's a, really a dynamic that you get, and it's a sort of mm -hmm. benefit of working for the church. You get yeah. exposed to all these different resources. I know that when I began formation as a deacon, I was really blessed in that I was able to participate in a number of formation opportunities, a number of training opportunities, and to learn about all that the church offers. And often there's so much that's out there and we're unaware of it. Mm -hmm. And you know, there's now so many new communication tools that we have available that it's a true blessing and it's wonderful. Like, you know, one that is new, it's just a simple thing, but it's incredibly helpful is this, pod, uh, not podcast, but rather a app called Divine Office that you can listen to or read the Divine Office, morning prayer, evening prayer, office of readings. It's all available online, wasn't available before, but now it is very inexpensive, very accessible, great resources. Of course, there's other things out there too. You know, there's the, the things that are available that look like they're going to be great, we watch it and then it leaves us not feeling particularly how we want to be or it might make us upset, you know, particularly political news and things of that sort. So being mindful of this is really important and none of us are perfect at it. So. Helen, have you kind of noticed something similar in that the media that people consume kind of influences how they engage with people? I'm sure that you get to receive all sorts of communications from people who may have been influenced from something they've seen in the media and it affected their mood. Yes. I mean, working in communications, I try to stay abreast of what's happening in the world. So my morning when I wake up in the morning as I'm driving into work, I'm listening to news radio. I want to understand what's happening in the world and how is that going to influence the day that I'm about to walk into. Because um, I think being aware of what's happening is really important for this role. But also, it impacts everybody's um, feelings for the day. You know, are we dealing with a huge tragedy in, or is something exciting going on? So I think those are important things. For me personally, um, you know, I also like quick, simple ways that I can get faith into my day. So I get the morning um, email from Dynamic Catholic. Simple quote, simple inspirational thought, I can think about that. On a, a non-secular, uh, a secular thing um, that I have with my kids is something called Daily Wonder. It's based on the book by PJ or JP Palacio, Wonder, a great book about a child who had some craniofacial um, issues that then, ha you know, the reality that this child faces, such a beautiful book. And so the, the Daily Wonder has quotes from all sides of people about how to be kind and how to share love. So things like this are what I'm kind of thinking about for my kids. I also get a newsletter called The Pour Over. 
it's a news newsletter, but they also have faith quotes throughout. So it's a mix of what's happening in the world with faith at the, at the same time. So those are sort of things where I try to intentionally have these what I would call little happy moments or little gems in my day. Yeah. Um, so that I'm not just stuck in what's happening in the news media. Or right. At, at, you know, yeah, which like, is easy to do in my role. Oh, I imagine <laughs> it is. But I, I like how you've got a, sort of a foot in both worlds, so to speak. And how about you, Patty? Well, Helen's probably more got her head in that uh, media world. My, my focus is, and my job is mostly on uh, curating content for our channels and having to be really proactive on that. And Helen and I, of course, work together on that. So I, uh, my approach uh, to what I listen to is there's just so much noise out there. I, I think I'm uh, also a little bit more sensitive to just all the stuff that's going on in the world that I have to guard myself from some of it because there's just, it, in, unless you intentionally curate, it, it can really get you down. So I am intentional about what I consume. Um, so I try to look for things that are going to feed my faith, be inspirational, be a source of hope. And then, of course, that influences the type of content we put out in our channel. I usually begin my day with the Laudate app. You mentioned your Divine Office app because on Laudate, uh, you can get all the daily readings. It plugs right into the USCCB. There's a reflection video. There's also written reflections, mm -hmm. and that's the basis of my daily prayer. The other app I go to a lot is the, the Halo app. It's just such an excellent app. I'm currently doing Bible in a Year with Father Mike Schmitz through it. Um, and uh, that's just a great way to plug into lots of great content there. And I love they have their challenges for the liturgical seasons like Advent and Lent. They also have things for kids, which is great on the Halo app. Exactly. So you can listen to bedtime stories through that app. Yes. Um, so that is one of the apps uh, we use for our kids. The other thing, a great source of content for kids is the Holy Heroes mm -hmm. website. Uh, they've got, uh, you know, adventures and uh, like preparing, like Lent or liturgical seasons or uh, other things, sacraments, and lots of great content for children that I rely on a lot. Those are great recommendations, and it's really nice that these tools are available to mm -hmm. us now. And, you know, another one that shouldn't be overlooked is uh, the value of Sacred Heart Radio as a mm -hmm. tool, too, because we were talking about this earlier. Radio has a real nice role to play in that unlike a podcast, you don't have to select it, pre-plan for it. It's something that you can have in your car. You don't have to plan it. You also don't have to press buttons on it when you're driving a lot, you know, which can be an issue with the phone. You can just go in and then turn it on and have it as background because there's the type of communications that we receive that are really, really intentional. And then there's the type of communication sometimes we'll get that'll be a little bit in the background. And it's not at all bad to have something that's got that Catholic flavor on in the background. That can be really, really helpful. Yes, I listen to Sacred Heart Radio on my way to work sometimes or home or just going around picking up the kids and there's always something new to learn. And I'll find out a lot about like a new movie coming out right. that has some Catholic view in it. A lot of stuff that you just wouldn't hear about this in your regular sources. Right. And that is a key dynamic is that one of the biggest changes we want to make is that sometimes we sort of swim in the mainstream, so to speak, or sometimes we might get caught in uh, a current that's not the best. But, you know, it's a really good idea to make sure that we place ourselves in a place where we're 
connecting with good resources, connecting with these uh, resources that can really strengthen our faith and strengthen our engagement with our family. Well, we're going to uh, wrap up this first segment, but then we'll be back again after our break with Helen and Patty to talk more about what's in our media diet. You're listening to Faith Retriever with Deacon Eric Page. We'll get back to the conversation right after this short break. Prayer for the Game of Life Dear God, help me be a good sport in the game of life. I don't ask for an easy place in the lineup. Put me anywhere you need me. I only ask that I can give you 100% of everything I have. If all the hard drives seem to come my way, I thank you for the compliment. Help me to remember that you never send a player more trouble than he can handle with your help. And help me, Lord, to accept the bad breaks as part of the game. May I always play on the square no matter what others do. Help me study the book so I'll know the rules. Finally, God, if the natural turn of events goes against me and I am benched for sickness or old age, help me accept that as part of the game too. Keep me from whimpering that I was framed or that I got a raw deal. And when I finish the final inning, I ask for no laurels. All I want is to believe in my heart I played as well as I could and that I didn't let you down. Amen. Prayer of Thomas Akempis Grant me, O Lord, to know what is worth knowing, to love what is worth loving, to praise what delights you most, to value what is precious to you, and to reject whatever is evil in your eyes. Amen. Faith Retriever is back with Deacon Eric Page and his special guest. Sit, listen. Hello again, this is Deacon Eric Page talking with Helen McClanahan and Patty Lewis on The Faith Retriever. Helen and Patty are both with the Archdiocese of Seattle's communications office and they're helping us think about how to get a healthy media diet in our homes. Helen and Patty, a few years ago, I have to confess, my doctor told me I needed to lose some weight. And to do it, he introduced me to this thing called MyFitnessPal. So it's an app which tracks the food and what you eat and when. and it was helpful to have the calories counted and all that kind of thing, but one of the things that made the biggest change is just the simple fact that you had to be conscious and intentional about what you ate. And you, before you picked up that cookie and ate it in the break room, you had to think, huh, do I want to put that on the, uh, on the app? <laughs> and so you know, this kind of intentionality about food was really helpful to me. I, th- I feel like the same kind of intentionality about this in our family life can be really valuable. And, you know, I was thinking about, Helen, you were describing some of the things you think about in your communications channels at home. Have you noticed a similar dynamic with your kids at home that certain things will influence them in one way or the other? Definitely. And so while we don't have a track my media app, which would be kind of fun to see, um, I I do track screen time for my kids. 
And we do try to be intentional about like, what are we watching for a family movie night? Mm -hmm. um, we don't just let our kids loose on YouTube to you know watch whatever they want. So we you know we we are thinking about it. Um, I think that part of it is really helping kids understand what are the things that we as a family can watch and what we can't do and help them learn to make good decisions at the same time. And so, you know, I have a busy, stressful job. I don't like watching things that are going to cause me to be more stressed out. So I, I tend to go more with comedies and family movies yeah. and things of that nature. So that's where I land on that. Yeah, no, I think that's helpful. And how about you, Patty? Yes, yeah, along with Helen, I, for our family, I'm very intentional, intentional about what our family sees, what my kids uh, see, because there's just the whole world of media is at their fingertips when they've got, you know, that tablet in their hand or now even, you know, on our TVs, they can, can see everything. And we do have a lot of conversations about uh, why we're choosing this, why we're not choosing that. And, you know, I find even some of these, uh, like, kids' channels, like even like a Disney, you know, you can't just assume that all that content is going to be good for your kids to right. watch at any age and to check it out and, um, ahead of time and uh, explain why. No, I think that's a really good observation. Sometimes we, we tend to think that we're, our number one goal is just to get the keep the bad things out and that if we keep out the really bad things, we'll be okay. And true, we want to keep out the really bad things. That's that's not good, but in the same way in our diet, there's, there are things that we can have a little bit in our diet consistently, and it's not going to be a problem, but if you have an ex excessive amount of it, it becomes an issue. And I think the other thing that's really important is if you don't have enough of what's important, and one of the things that I liked about both of the, the apps that you described and the different resources that are available, creating space for prayer in, at home is really valuable. And, you know, I would kind of ask, what sort of ways have you used to kind of introduce a little bit of prayer into your family life? And it does not need to be complex, but you know, like in our home, the simple things are what tend to work well. I don't, you know, Helen, in your house, what, what do you do to try to get some kind of Totally. So we, I mean, the one consistent, you can guarantee we are blessing our food before we eat. Yeah. That is sort of a mandatory. And then depending on, you know, the mornings I take the kids to school, you know, in the car on the way there, I said, okay, what are we going to thank God for today? And we talk yeah. about one thing that we're going to thank God for today. And then as we go to bed, don't forget to say goodnight to Jesus. You know, so those are the things that are pretty consistent in our family. Um, what about you, Patty? Uh, well, uh, yeah, having family life is messy with all the different ages and stages. Um, but something we try to consistently do is driving uh, them to work. We say our morning offering together. We have that and a couple of prayers we say together. Um, the other thing we do try to do is pray as a family together in the evening. And I can't say we do it every evening. And, um, and sometimes we get to a full rosary and sometimes we just get to a decade of the rosary. Sometimes we get to an Our Father and we all say what we're grateful for to God. Um, but it's just, it's that time together just whether it's just going to be that two minutes because it's a rushed evening or we get to go deeper, especially if we have an intention or it's the month of the rosary and we make more of an effort to say the rosary together. But it's, it, the point is just coming together at, as a family to pray and to show that that's important. See, I think that you've kind of hit on the key. I know a lot of families, you know, working in the Office of Emergent Family Life, there's a lot of families who feel like, oh my goodness, I'm not doing enough because 
I mean, all I'm doing is the basics. Well, the basics are scalable. In other words, if you're doing uh, Grace at Meals, Grace's Meals can be as simple as the hurried, bless us, the Lord, and these, like, <laughs> you know, that really fast prayer. Or it can be you say the prayer and then you end up kind of talking about, you know, what was good in the day, what wasn't good in the day. And it that can be really simple but incredibly powerful. And, you know, I feel like sometimes we beat ourselves up because we don't do enough. But if we're getting grace at meals and we're making and we're having dinner as a family, by the way, a lot of families aren't having dinner together as a family. And just that simple gathering together is incredibly powerful. But also the, you know, knowing that if you're saying uh, prayers, saying goodnight to Jesus each night, that creates a place for more prayer. And I love that before going to school, there's like, you know, you're offering something for, for the kids to share in prayer and and those opportunities are so valuable one thing that it's fun to make it have some element the kids really stick to like or like like my, uh, my husband usually blesses them at night and then my kids have taken let's just bless each other and it's just this cool little thing that they look forward to and like my youngest will you know will tuck her in bed she goes well you didn't bless me you know <laughs> and then i put the you know do the cross on her head and she does the same and um, I, those, I think, things are, just, are really going to stick to them their yeah. whole life. No, that's, that's awesome. And so, uh, you know, I think that in some ways, in the same way with our diet, we try to make sure we're getting the good things in first. Mm-hmm. The same thing applies at home. So with media, if we can use tools like, you know, the prayer tools as reminders or helps, that can be a, a real plus. You know, going back a little bit, though, to kind of that question of, like, how do you deal with stuff that's not great or that you're not knowing if it's great or not? I'm curious if you have good resources or good things that you like to go to when a new movie is out or when there's, you know, a a video game that your child wants to play or, you know, that you know of that parents can go to to find out, "Ah, what am I dealing with with this particular thing? I'm a heavy user of common sense media Mm -hmm. and, you know, I think I even upgraded for the paid version of it because it rates everything and gives you a suggested age range, gives you, why is this rated this way? Is there a lot of violence or a little violence? Is it tied to language? Is it tied to all these sorts of things? So I find that that's really helpful. But I also think a key thing that we talk about is whether it's a cell phone or YouTube or a tablet, it, it isn't good or bad. It's really how it's used. And so we had this wonderful presentation from a researcher at Seattle Children's who was talking about there's a difference between children who are interacting with media versus children that are sitting there with just passive media. So just to say, oh, video games are bad. Well, actually, if it's, you know, creating a new building place in Minecraft where they have to be strategic and thinking that's actually really good for for brain development versus sitting and watching the same cartoon for the fifth time in a row. So for me, it was really helpful to think of it that way of there's limits, right? There's a moment where you shouldn't be playing this Minecraft game for six (laughs) hours, right? Actually, according to the researcher, it was like an hour is where you start to see this diminishing return. And so really thinking about time on these different devices and what's allowed. So in our house, we don't usually have a lot of screen time during the week when school is happening. It's mostly on the weekends. And then I have this other rule that when the sun is shining here in Seattle, we are going to be outside. We are not going to be inside looking at screens. So that's my second big 
That's, mom's rule around these things. I love that rule because that lets us make sure we take advantage of both of the days that we get when sun is shining in Seattle, right? <laughs> Maybe three this year so yeah. far. <laughs> and, you know, one other thing that I just love about that Common Sense Media resource you mentioned, uh, Helen, is that it is really surprisingly specific about something that might be scary in the movie because some children, like one of my daughters, there's just certain things that would set her off and other things would be fine. But, you know, like... The, the abominable snowman in Rudolph is terrifying. You know, some, <laughs> some children are going to be frightened by that thing, or uh, and others won't care. But you can kind of pinpoint it. And it's great because you know I have my youngest is seven, my oldest is thirteen, and like you say, what's appropriate for one might not be appropriate for the other. So finding something that everyone's going to watch hard. and enjoy, yeah. you know, I think what happens unfortunately is that the younger ones end to tend to watch things that should probably be for older ones because we're yeah. trying to do, but. You know, that's the reality that we're in right now. <laughs> and I don't know, Patty, if you have any kind of things that you found particularly helpful in either kind of avoiding some of those challenges or seeking out particularly good resources. Yes, Common Sense Media is a go-to for me, too. The other thing I go to is USCCB movie reviews because it also gives you an insight if there's kind of that they're trying to push an agenda that just kind of rubs against our faith or um, gives the Catholic point of view, like is there a good moral yeah. or, or not? So I use that. In terms of uh, uh, screen time, um, agree every, with everything Helen says. As a parent of older kids too, I've got a teenager, a 16-year-old and two young adults. Uh, that is such a huge challenge. It's the biggest challenge as a parent is to manage screen time for your teenagers. Yeah. So that is a whole other podcast, I know. But Great. one thing, a resource that I use heavily is on my iPhone is screen time. And to limit the time they can be on YouTube, on, um, on these social media sites, and, and if, you know, if you're letting them um, go to them. So that's something I use a lot in addition to having a lot of conversations. Yeah. Those are all really helpful resources. and. You know, as we wrap up our time today, which was all too short because it's been great, you know, some takeaways, just, you know, definitely being mindful about what we consume with media, using some resources that are out there for prayer, uh, and uh, also, and making sure pr prayer is a priority. Common Sense Media is a great resource for identifying what might be a good choice, what might not be a good choice for media, and then getting in some of these great resources that are available locally, like northwestcatholic.org is a great, wonderful publication the Archdiocese offers, and there's great resources on our Archdiocese website. And of course, at Home with Faith, a resource offered by our Office of Marriage and Family Life is available at, at, at homewithfaith.org. Helen, Patty, thank you so much for this time together. It's been a gift. This is wonderful. Thank you so much. Thank All you. Right. All right. Thank you. Join Faith Retriever each week for conversations about the faith and tips to engage family in the truth, beauty, and goodness of God's Word. Find Faith Retriever here on Sacred Heart Radio. Search sacredheartradio.org for programs and podcasts or listen on your favorite podcast platform. 